Okay, is that better? Yep. All right. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And uh, we're going to... Well, thank you, Michael, for reading. Appreciate that. And uh, appreciate the ladies singing and for all the, uh, the singers this morning. Appreciate that very much. Most of them are bolted. But that's okay, isn't it? They've been here for two services already and uh, so they're allowed to go home. All right, Colossians chapter 2, and uh, particularly this morning, want to look at verses 6 to 10. 6 to 10 is really our text, although I know we've read the whole passage from verse 1. But I want to, uh, this morning I'm particularly going to address young Christians, all right? Those that are just saved, or perhaps just saved for a little while, so if you've been, you're old in the faith and you've been, you're, you're old and you, you say, well, Brother Robin, this is not for me. Well, you can leave if you like. <laughs> Otherwise, you're happy to, I'm happy for you to sit in and listen. Okay, so, uh, but particularly I'm going to preach to young Christians, okay, this morning. And the rest of you can listen in. All right, so uh, uh, Paul is speaking here. And remember, Paul is in prison when he wrote this epistle. Paul is under house arrest in Rome and uh, in bonds, he says in chapter 4, a couple of times, he says, remember my bonds. But here he's speaking to a church that he'd never been to, the Colossians he'd never visited because he speaks about that in verse 1, I have a great conflict for you and for them at Laodicea and for, for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. He'd not been to Colossae. But he'd obviously influenced Colossae quite a lot by the people that he had influenced while he was probably primarily in, in Ephesus because Ephesus is not a great deal of distance from Colossae and a lot of people travelled through that area. It was a great trade route um, from Ephesus on the coast through to Colossae and on into the interior. And so Paul had influenced a lot of people in Colossae even though he'd never been there. Philemon was probably one of them. Archippus, another, Epaphras, and a few other names we can dig up and we can see that Paul had influence on them. Onesimus is another one, although Onesimus, he influenced when he was in Rome. Onesimus had run away from Philemon, who lived somewhere around Colossae or Laodicea, and had gone to Rome and, and got saved there under Paul's preaching in Rome or, or Paul's teaching. And, and Onesimus was sent back to Philemon. So that's a little bit of a picture of the church that we're talking about. And uh, Paul had great love for them, but he'd never met them or many of them. And he speaks to them. He says, I wish I'd seen you in the flesh. I have great conflict for you. Uh, and, I, and I urge that you keep on in verse two, that your hearts be comforted, knit together in love, etc. And, uh, and then he, he gets down to verse six, and where I want to sort of launch out from, and as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. So he's speaking to new believers, all right? As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. Jesus has just become your Lord. He says, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you. And I want to sort of, I've got, I've got a message for you. I've never met you, but I've got a message for you. So if you're online this morning and you're watching on and you've just got saved, or perhaps you've been saved for a little bit, Paul's got a message for you. 
And I have this morning too. And the rest of us can listen on. All right. How about we pause for a word of prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for our time together as a church. Thank you that we can meet together. Even though we're broken up in two services at the moment, Lord, we're still able to meet. We're able to connect in a virtual world, which wasn't there a hundred years ago when the Spanish flu happened. And uh, so, Lord, we just thank you for the technologies that you've given us at this time. And uh, Lord, help us to, uh, as Paul was in touch with these people at Colossae, uh, even though he hadn't seen them, yet, Lord, we're in touch with each other, even though we might not have seen each other, or we might have seen each other on the, on the camera on the TV, but haven't seen each other in the flesh. Yet, Lord, if we know you as our saviour, we're in Christ together. And Lord, I pray this morning, especially for some that may have just come to Christ, that this message might be an encouragement and a strengthening for them today. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I've got three Three points primarily this morning, stability in Christ, all right? Stability in Christ, we might call the message that, verses six and seven, stability in Christ. Second point, instability is coming. Instability is coming, verse eight, verse eight. And then verses nine and 10, the case for stability or the strengthening of stability. All right, those are sort of my breakup of it this morning and we'll look at them as we, as we go. Stability in Christ. As you therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Isn't that a fascinating verse? Paul is saying, look, you've just got saved, but now walk in him. Walk in him. You know, it's not natural for us to walk in Christ. The natural man wants to go back. We might have just got saved, but the natural man always wants to revert and go back to where we came from. When God brought Israel out of Egypt, what did they want to do? They always wanted to go back. Well, many of them did. They just wanted to turn back. Oh, we remember. We remember what it was like there. Weren't they the good old days? You know, the good old days, not necessarily the good old days at all. We can't go back. Even if we want to, we can't go back. The days before, oh, they might have been good. We have good remembrances of certain things, but you can't go back. You've got to live in the now days. And now you're saved, okay? You've just got saved. You can't go back. But the natural man wants to. The flesh wants to. And we'll always gravitate that way. I wasn't going to mention sheep. (laughs) I won't go there. The passage doesn't mention sheep, so we won't. But that's what sheep do all the time. They always go back. They always go astray. 
one bite at a time. You know, you let a bunch of sheep out of the yards and guess what they do? The first thing they do is go and grab a bite to eat. Grab a bite of anything that comes nearby and then it's one bite at a time until you weigh at the backside of the paddock out of the way, you know. One bite at a time. And that's what it's like for us in the flesh. One bite at a time. One bit of the cherry and all of a sudden we're way offline and, oh, I can't go to church today. I've done all this wrong, you know. All this sin in my life. And, and that's why Paul says here, he said, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, now you've got to decide to walk in him. Because it isn't going to happen naturally. We wish for that, don't we? We sort, of, we sort of think, God, just make it easy for me, you know? God, just make it smooth sailing for me. God, just make, it, make my path sort of so clear that I can't do anything else. Well, I tell you what, he actually has made it so clear, but we can do anything else very easily. So Paul here is urging, he says, look, walk now in him. Walk in him. And then the next verse, oh, you know, don't you love pictures in the Bible? Don't you love how God often says, like something, you know, or we like, or you're like a tree planted by the rivers of water, you know, the, the, uh, the man in, in Psalm 1, uh, be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And here, he's, here he gives us two funny pictures. Well, not funny, but they're just pictures mixed together here, rooted like a tree in verse, you know, in verse 7, at the rooted, that's like a tree with roots, right? And then, and built up in him, like a building. Like, how do you put trees and buildings together? Well, I suppose you make buildings out of trees, don't you? You've got to cut the tree down, build the building. Well, okay. We've we got a mixture, haven't we? Well, I want to sort of use these pictures this morning, and particularly the picture of the tree. And remember, I'm only speaking to young Christians this morning. So I found an object this morning as I came in. You know I'm the maintenance man around the place some of the time. And one of my biggest things is dealing with weeds around the property. So this morning I found a weed as I was coming in. I'd been watching this weed for a few days thinking, well, I hope that's still there on Sunday <laughs> because I'm going to use it as an object lesson. All right, you're just new in the faith. This is you, okay? You've just been born again, but this is you. Guess what it is? It's a gum tree. It's a tiny gum tree. And I found it just out here near pastor's office this morning. In the concrete, well, in the bitumen, in the crack. You know that we've got a car park out here. I, I blow the car park a fair bit you know, from time to time through the week and Saturdays often before Sunday and yesterday I checked, yep, still there. So this morning I came by and, and Rhonda said, oh, you found one? Because I pull these up often out of the cracks in the concrete or cracks in the bitumen in the car park. They're there. Well, there's weeds. Sometimes there's other weeds, but sometimes there's these little trees. 
And as far as I'm concerned, in the cracks of the concrete or the bitumen of the car park, it's a weed. As far as I'm concerned, okay? Now, but you this morning, and me when I first got saved, were just like this, well, weed. But I got saved and I became a tree. But, you know, when I was first saved, I was just like this. And so are you. Very small, very insignificant. You all walked in this morning and you walked right next to this thing and if you'd have just put your foot to the left about six inches, you would have squashed it. But you didn't because it was right at the edge of the wall and in a crack. So I pulled it up this morning. Shall I go back and plant it afterwards? No, no, I won't. But anyway, it's a good object lesson. All right, you are this tree. What the scripture tells us, Paul says, he says, rooted in him, rooted and built up in him. When you're young in the faith, you're just like this. Very easy to be plucked up. Very easy to be pulled out like a weed. Very easy to be dried out. If I don't get this into water very, very soon, it'll be cactus, right? Finished. It's already wilting. It's already drooping. It's only been out of the ground and I watered it yesterday. I particularly put some water on it so that it'd be easy to pull out this morning. And when I pulled it out, I nearly got all the roots. There was a little bit down here that broke off but I nearly got all the roots. But Paul is saying to the new Christians at Colossae, he says, rooted and built up in him. And in our passage, it says in him three times, three times. Brethren, when you first get saved, you're in him. You're in him. But you've got to stay in him. You've got to stay in him. Talks about in, in uh, John chapter 15, I'm the vine, you're the branches, you know, to abide in him. If ye abide in him, and my word, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in ye, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done. There's an if there. If there. So Paul is saying to the new Christians at Colossae, he says, You like this tree. But if you don't stay rooted and your roots grow, you know, as this little, little, well, weed, this little gum tree, if it stayed there, out there, and we let it, which we won't, but if we let it, those roots would go down and follow the crevices of the concrete, the bitumen, and it would get stronger and stronger. Those roots would grow and it would begin actually to push out the bitumen that little thing could become rooted out there and become very big if we let it. Now, as a young Christian, we need to let each other be rooted where we are. We need to let other young Christians be rooted, rooted where they are. It's very easy to pluck up a new Christian and say, oh, look, I'm just going to pluck you up for a little while. I want to have a look at your roots. (laughs) I want to check you out. Oh, yeah, that's your mother. 
That's your father. Oh, your pastor. Hmm. He's not real good. Pluck him off. Uh, oh, your Bible. Oh, you got the wrong Bible. And you might have. But a young Christian, don't criticise them about their Bible, even if it's a jolly living Bible. Teach them about it, yes, but not when first they get saved. If they come from another church and they use a NIV or whatever, don't go criticising about that. Oh, I just want to check your Bible, you know. You know that's not the right one. I'll pluck that off, you know. And we do that sort of thing, don't we? Let it get rooted and slowly we can teach young Christians about the, the things of the faith, but don't pluck it off, first of all. Let it get rooted. Rooted and then built up in him. Brother uh, Lou came by me the other day. I was out sort of raking up leaves out there next to one of the big gum trees. And I can't put my arms around this thing. I don't hug trees. I'm not sort of into <laughs> tree hugging. I had someone come to me one day. He said, you want to hug a tree, you know? You feel the power. I said, oh, no thanks. <laughs> anyway, Brother Lou came by me. He didn't tell me to hug a tree, but he did say to me, and these, those, some of those gum trees out there are huge. You can't put it, wrap your arms around them. And Brother Lou said, you know, those, those trees weren't there when I was a boy. Look at them now. And Brother Lou loves those gum trees, and that's, that's good. But these little ones, Brother Lou, I'm going to pluck them up, sorry. I'll let the big ones stay there. <laughs> but built up, those big gum trees there, their roots are way down, aren't they? Their roots are strong. And when the winds of things come, the roots actually just get stronger. The winds of time and the winds of different doctrines and so forth actually make those big trees stronger because their roots grip on more and more. You know, I'm always interested, we drive on, the, on our roads and you see the, um, you know, the cuttings on our roads, the cuttings through hillsides and stuff and, and it's just rock sometimes on our hill cuttings and there on the edge of the cutting sort of halfway up will be a gum tree growing up there. Think, how on earth does that thing sort of hang on there? But it's marvellous, isn't it? Started off just like this. Started off with a little bit of dirt and, a, and some seeds blew in the wind or, ran, or fell down the, the hillside of the cutting and lodged in that crevice and it sprouted and their roots went down and followed the cracks of the rocks. And now they're stuck there. They're rooted in the rock. And the rock is a picture of Jesus, isn't it? The rock is Christ. And we can put our roots down. But Paul is saying to the young Christians here he's at Colossae, he's saying, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So much we could speak about there. But brethren, if you're a, a young Christian this morning, you're like that little tree. You can easily be plucked up. But if you grow, as Paul urges you to do here, you'll become like the big tree, the big gum tree. You say, I don't like gum trees. Well, think of another gum tree. Think of a mango tree. I much prefer mango trees. Okay? I like fruiting trees. I'm not so keen on gum trees myself. 
So I'd rather be an avocado tree or a mango tree or a, or a lychee or something like that. I don't care. You can think of whatever tree you like. That's good. That's good. But when you're young in the faith, that's what you like. Easy to be plucked out, but you need to grow. And it's a funny thing. You sort of think, well, gum trees sort of, do they think about growing? Do mango trees think about growing? I don't know, but they've got to have conditions right, don't they? They've got to have moisture. They've got to have the ground right. They've got to have opportunity to get through the crevices and so forth. Things have got to sort of go right a little bit for them. But they can be grounded in the faith, or we can be grounded in the faith like a tree and abound therein with thanksgiving. All right, stability in Christ. Why? Well, instability is coming. And Paul in this passage here and in two other pl- in our passage in verse 8, he says, beware lest any man spoil you. And the spoiled here is a picture of to, to plunder or to take captive. How, do, how, do, how does a man spoil or plunder or take us captive? Well, through philosophy. Maybe, you know, different philosophies that are unbiblical, that are unchristlike, uh, unfounded in Christ. Vain deceit. Vain deceit is just empty lies. But it sounds plausible, you know. Sounds good. After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Brethren, young Christian, there's instability coming. It's going to test your faith. And your faith has got to be tested. But it can root you up very easily as a young Christian and you can become dried out like this one very quickly. I can remember talking to someone a while back who, who, when he got saved, he spoke about his brother coming to him and saying to him, okay, brother, it's good that you're saved, but I want to warn you. I want to give you a stern warning. You've just got saved. That's good. But I tell you something. You have an enemy now. His name is the devil. And he's going to use anything he can, anything and anybody he can to discourage you, to defeat you, to derail you, to destroy you, to unearth you, to pull you up like this. To look at your roots and say, oh, they're no good. And to pluck them off and to throw you on the heap and dry you out. I just want to give you that warning, he said. And he went on, that fellow, and he did grow. And he's still a man who believes in the Lord Jesus and follows him. But he was warned at an early stage. And so I stand here before you this morning and warn you as a young Christian, it's going to happen to you too. But will you be rooted and built up in him? Beware, he says, lest any man spoil you. The winds are going to come and are going to test you and going to see where your roots are. If your roots are into the rock, you'll stand. But if your roots are just in shallow sand or just in nothing, well, you'll be blown over. And I wonder if Paul was thinking when he wrote this about the, about the Galatians. You know, he wrote the book of Galatia well before he wrote Colossians. 
He'd preached at Galatia long before he'd preached at Ephesus and influenced the Colossians. And, uh, and very soon after Paul left Galatia, other teachers came along saying, oh, you're saved now. Oh, that's wonderful. But you know you've got to be circumcised. And they led the Galatians down the path of, of uh, following the law, trying to follow the law. And Paul said, I, I marvel. I marvel that you're so soon removed. I marvel that you've given up so quickly and, uh, and, and gone away. And I marvel. I can't believe it, he said. But though, you know, though we, though even I come and preach any other gospel to you than that which you've received at the first, let him be accursed. So Paul gave a warning here to the Colossians. I wonder if he was thinking about Galatia, how soon they got turned away. They got plucked up. Their roots got dried out. They got thrown away for a period. I, you know, did they turn back? Well, they could have and they should have. Okay, so instability's coming. You know, I said there's, there's at least two other places in this chapter, not just in our, our reading, where he speaks about this warning. Back in verse 4, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. There it is. See, deceive, that means there, beguile, deceive you. Over in, chapter, in verse 18, Let no man... So there's the third time let in this passage, let no man beguile you of your reward. And then he goes on and speaks about uh, false humility and worshipping of angels. We're not to worship angels. We're not to, to uh, uh, worship angels. We're to worship Christ, be built up in him. You know, whenever angels were presented in the, in the scriptures and, and someone bowed down to worship him, the angel always said, don't do that. Get up. I'm just, I'm just a servant. Uh, angel said that to John in Revelation 22, I think it is. Uh, right at the end of Revelation there, John was about to bow down to this angel. He said, don't do that. Get up. I'm just a servant like you. Whenever worship was accepted in the Bible of someone who looked like an angel, it was Jesus. It was a Christophany. Uh, an appearance of Jesus back there to Abraham and to Joshua, you know, the, the uh, captain of the Lord's host, was a Christophany. It wasn't an angel. He wouldn't have accepted worship if he was an angel. Anybody tries to lead you off into worshipping angels, don't go there. Don't go there. Although angels are magnificent, it, the scriptures tell us here as we move to the last section about uh, the case for stability the case for stability, for in him, that is in Jesus, in verse 9, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It doesn't dwell in angels like that. It's only in Jesus. Only in Jesus. And then in verse 10, and ye are complete in him. Oh, the case for stability. Oh, brethren, young Christian, if you're just saved, I urge you, memorise this little passage. Memorise it. Hide it in your heart. Memorise from verse 6 down to verse 10. It'll help you. It'll strengthen you. Strengthen you in the faith. Help you to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Help you to be rooted in him, in Christ, and not shaken when all the winds of different doctrine come your way. You know? 
People will come to you with all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. I remember when I was just a young Christian, one young fella coming to me, hammering me that I wasn't saved until I was baptised. And I just sort of looked at the Bible and I said, I don't think what you say adds up, you know. And then others have come to me saying all sorts of stuff. I remember talking to a Baha'i lady one day and I said to her, I said, tell me what you believe. Well, she told me and I'm sort of scratching my head. I'm only just saved. I was, I was only being saved for maybe a year at that time, maybe even less. I don't know. Anyway, she tried to tell me all about the fact that Jesus was just another prophet. And then her prophet now, Baha'u'llah, I think they call him, is the next prophet in line and maybe there'll be another one. And I'm thinking, Jesus said he was God, not just another prophet. So I'm just a young Christian, right? Remember, just thinking. I'm reading my Bible, reading it every day and I'm sort of listening to her and I'm saying, ah, this just doesn't add up. Sorry, cast that out. My roots got deeper into Christ. I got stronger. The tree got stronger, built up in him. And I cast that off, you know. It's rubbish. But you'll have everything will be thrown at you. One thing after another, just like the winds. It's designed to strengthen you, not to make you go flat. Designed to help you to grow up in him and your roots to get stronger. Just tell you one last little story before we, we quit. Um, Brother Dave Holloway, he gave me a, uh, gave me a grape uh, seedling, not a grape seedling, no, a grape cutting last year, uh, back in, in uh, probably about this time of the year, no, maybe a little bit later than this, just as the grape um, vines were starting to shoot and he'd cut off some cuttings and he'd stuck them into soil and, and he gave me one. He said, here, Brother Robin, do you want this? I said, yeah, I'd love to have it. Well, I took that little grape cutting home and it, it, it had, a, had a, a leaf on it and it had a tiny little bunch of grapes, believe it or not, on it. Well, that didn't last very long, the little bunch of grapes, because it just wasn't rooted enough, you know. But it sort of had sprung out, a bit like Aaron's rod that budded, you know. But it didn't stay there, so... <laughs> But anyway, I took it home. I had a place to put it. And as I'm bringing it out of the pot, I thought, oh, that didn't feel real good. I think I might have disturbed the roots, whatever there was, you know. Well, I ain't going to go looking at it like this one, sort of pull it out and look at the roots. You know? I sort of quickly left it in the soil and I put it in the ground and then I started to water it and I watered it. And I watered it every day and I watched it and it just sort of went there. The little grapes dropped off and the leaf dropped off. I thought, ah, oh, it's done for. I obviously disturbed those roots too much as I tried to get it in the ground. But I faithfully watered it anyway. It looked dead. Brother Dave, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but it looked dead. But anyway, after a few weeks, behold, a leaf jumped out. And then a couple more and it took off. And by the end of summertime, it had, it had vines going out 
this way and back this way on the trellis that I had for it there. And it, was, it went all over this trellis by the end of summer. I couldn't believe it. Well, I was scratching around in the ground next to the base of it, uh, weeding it, uh, you know, at the end of summer. And behold, I couldn't believe it. But there was roots like that, Brother Darrell, just out from the base of it. And I guess, I think this is right, I have to sort of check myself, but I think that the roots of a grapevine go as far underground as the vine goes above ground. Because they were strong and shooting out. along. I didn't chase it to the end, but I could tell that it was solid. I thought, I can't believe how strong it's got in a few months and how far those roots have gone. Brethren, the roots go in the dark, don't they? We don't see them. And your roots and my roots as a young Christian go in the dark. Not everybody can see them. But if they're in Christ, they're safe. That's where you want to be rooted, in Christ, in the rock, in the crevices, shooting out a long way. What we are at the dark, what we are in the dark at home, at night, that's where our roots are developed. What we think about at night, that's where our roots are developed. Be in the book. Be in this book. Hide it in your heart and your roots will go deep and you won't be uprooted and fall over and you won't wither and dry out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word. Thank you for the pictures. Thank you for the way that you teach us through your word. And Lord, I pray for every young believer that's listening or perhaps has been growing for a little while but has feel, feels really discouraged and perhaps have been dried out. Lord, help them to get their roots back in to good ground back to following the crevices of the rock, back to drawing moisture from your word and by your Holy Spirit that we might grow in grace and knowledge of you and go on to become great trees, great strong trees of yours. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.